You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, final show of the week. A couple of things to talk about because we are inching closer to the NBA's return. Players are getting tested right now. Some of them are testing positive. And I'm again going to reiterate my point on why I think this is okay. I don't think I've made it as clear as I could have, judging by some of the responses I've had on Twitter, which is okay. Uh, So we'll talk about that in the first segment. We're going to look at teams making transactions right now, why this is a good thing, how it kind of, and what it could lead to, but don't expect the Pelicans to really get involved in this sort of sweepstakes of things. And then finally, we've got where the Pelicans land on Axios is all-time team, so we'll talk about that in the third segment. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. So as players go through the testing process before kind of getting back into team facilities, and the good news is we haven't heard about any positive tests for the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, I want to do like dot, 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 yet. Because we, you know, it might take a little bit. And also teams may not leak some of this stuff. I do kind of find it a little bit surprising when a player's like, hey, by the way, I tested positive for coronavirus. But also, if you know, you know, once team workouts start to happen, if there's media availability or what have you, and you don't see that player, you're just going to kind of assume. So this is a way of just getting out ahead of it and just kind of letting it be like this was going to come out regardless. So players announcing it, teams announcing it doesn't truly surprise me, just like a little weird with everything. So I've been on the side of, yes, I don't see a problem with the NBA returning to play. And I've gotten some pushback from it on Twitter from friends of mine, too, who think that the NBA shouldn't go forward. So there's there's become two camps in this. Again, I talked about this on Wednesday. We were divided in everything now of either you're all the way on one side or you're all the way on the other and they're kind of opposites. So you fight so hard and yell on, you know, and tweet in all caps against the other side of things, which is fine. I don't think that's a big deal, but I don't think this is always such a black and white thing. And I don't think that this scenario of the NBA returning to play is a black and white thing. Everyone, when when they talk to me about it, points to the increased positive test rate percentage in Florida. Huge concern. Absolutely. They, you know, if you look around the country with the rates rising, this is not good at all. But again, I don't think this is like the same thing if New Orleans had their failed bid to bring the the campus here, the bubble here in New Orleans, where you're just out in a city where you can go to bars, you can go to stores, you can do all this, you can walk by, past random people on the street. There is a, clo- you know, the, the, where they're doing this in Orlando at Disney World is the size of Manhattan. It is its own enclosed city that's going to be largely empty. It's like literally the mo- more square mileage than Manhattan is. And so it is so isolated and removed from the rest of Florida that the positive test rates in Florida don't apply here. They're not going to be around anyone like that. Now, you're going to point to the Disney employees who aren't getting tested and could potentially bring that infection in. Yes, that is a concern, and that is where this bubble concept could fall and where infection could happen. 
But one, it's not like a ton of people are coming in. It's going to be people that are doing the turndown service and the cleaning crews and the chefs. And that's probably the majority of it, I would assume. And they're not going to be interacting with the players that much. If a service worker comes in, uh, you know, sanitizes their hands, wears a mask, wears gloves when they turn down someone's room and refresh it, I think the risk is minimized. There's still some, yes, I just don't see that being like this huge infection risk. It's not zero, I'll give you that. But here's the thing. You can't judge this this bubble concept ver- uh, uh, and the risk that it entails versus zero risk because where these players are right now does not contain zero risk. They're testing positive for coronavirus. So you need so there's risk wherever they're do wherever they are with whatever they're doing right now. You need to judge whether this is safe or not, whether it's riskier, not versus zero, because that's not realistic for these players. Is this riskier than what they're doing now? And given that these guys are testing positive, that Nikola Jokic is going to a club and getting coronavirus in some capacity from this. I'd say it could be considered safe. I'm not saying guaranteed is. We don't we don't know, but it doesn't mean it's it's unsafe. If your argument is the NBA shouldn't just be doing this in general, like sure, but they're a billion eight billion dollar organization that's designed to make money. You know, the players have agreed to this, the owners in the league have agreed to this, and it's been pretty much vetted by epidemiologists that have approved this plan. Heck, Fauci even has said that, yeah, this is kind of making sense and this is probably the only way to go about it. I don't know what more people are looking for other than the degree of zero risk, which you just don't get anywhere. You know, going to the market, going to uh, pick up food, heck, even having food delivered to you through Uber Eats. You don't know that that person doesn't have coronavirus. They pick up your order. They put it down. It could be on there. There's no difference between that and these guys in the NBA bubble, except there's more limited interactions with others that these guys are going to have. So I think in some sense, it could be safer. There aren't bars for them to go to. There aren't clubs for them to go to. Might they try and escape and go somewhere where they can go and party? Sure. But if you look at the way the security is shaping up around this, some of the monitoring and the tracking, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the most feasible thing. Also, the stigma of the guy who does that gets caught, doesn't get to play, and either costing your team a a game in the playoffs because you're not playing or being the one guy that did this might be enough to kind of like scare players off from all of this. You know, they're going to have family members come in and who will live inside the bubble too after clearing like seven days of quarantine basically as well. It's, it's minimizing a lot of the risk that exists elsewhere. There's not going to ever be zero risk in this sort of thing. But these players have agreed to it. The NBA has agreed to it. And again, they're not interacting with the rest of Florida. That, that 7 8%, whatever it is in Florida, 17%, something like that, it doesn't apply to this. They're not in the midst of this. They're not in Miami-Dade going out and hanging out and staying at a hotel where people can kind of come and go. They can't come and go from this bubble. And if they do, they're, they're out. It's kind of as simple as that. There's going to be very limited people coming in. Yes, some of the workers are coming in. But again, it's no different than if they were going to go buy groceries, if they're going to go pick up food or see someone or go work out with a trainer somewhere. I actually think the risk is less. That's why I don't have a problem with this. What else are they supposed to do? You know, if all things are equal, even if the risk is equal, same percentage in Orlando versus same percentage of wherever they are now, why not? At least you have a chance to make that money. And I think that's an important thing. So that's why maybe it spells it out a little bit better. And I'm a little bit clearer on how I think this is not a bad idea.
So we'll talk a little bit about how some teams are using this uh, transaction window before the bubble starts to treat it like an early free agency here in a minute. But today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You guys have heard me talk about this a lot. Built Bar is a protein bar that basically tastes like a candy bar. I've been eating one every day for lunch for the past months now, it seems like, I guess. My girlfriend recently joined me in doing this. We go work out around 11, 30, 12, have one of these right after when we need just like a little bit of protein and something to keep us going. They are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They got 170 calories and 20 grams of protein or just 110 calories and 15 grams of protein. They are delicious. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're not chalky. You don't need to chug down like a bottle of water after. These are just kind of the perfect thing for you in the middle of the day if you're looking to lose or maintain some weight while also eating something that's just not terrible. Uh, my girlfriend really likes the German chocolate cake ones that I've ordered. I've been digging the peanut butter peanut butter and then probably my all-time favorite is still the salted caramel which like you'd have no idea if that was a candy bar or not except this one's good for you which is pretty great so go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order that's promo code locked on for ten dollars off over at builtbar.com plus they're running a promo where there's 50 percent off basically everything and the proceeds are being donated to social justice charities so again go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order Today's show also brought to you by Blinkist. It can be hard to find the time to sit down, read, and learn more. And when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. So my secret weapon for all of this has been Blinkist. There's an incredible app and it's called Blinkist and it solves this problem, which I highly, and I highly recommend you check it out. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. It's going to take the best, the key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. You're stuck inside. It's still tough to change your habits and try and read more, even though you kind of have some of the time for it. But also you might be juggling kids now that you weren't juggling before, or you're busier some Somehow, because you're working from home, you're actually able to get more done like I am a lot of the time. And so you still need to have things condensed down for you and to spend 15 minutes listening to something um, and being able to get the key takeaway so that you can put them into your everyday life right away. I've been using Blinkist for this purpose, whether it was my morning commute to the office or times when I'm just trying to space out on a Zoom call and not actually pay attention, but I still got to be on there. Blinkist is the best way to go about this. So with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for just one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist. Spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. So right now, the NBA opened a transaction window for teams to really fill out some rosters and go for a little bit. And it's basically to replace injured players, to replace guys that are going to sit out of the quarantine, the restart of everything. So Trevor Ariza, a guy like that. Um, Avery Bradley is a guy like that as well. Anyone who's sitting this out for whatever reason. Um, Davis Burton's over in Washington as well. Those are the guys that they're looking to kind of replace and to get onto a roster so that teams are able to compete. Compete. And having kind of a beefed up roster, even if it's one or two spots, is kind of important because if someone does get COVID-19 while they're in the bubble and unable to play, you don't want to have your roster be decimated because you lost one guy, potentially two or more. Who the hell knows how this is all going to go? This is where smart teams can really do some very good things. They are treating this like an extended free agent period. 
And you've seen the Pelicans do stuff like this in the past, but you've got um, a couple of different signings. Tyler Johnson signed with the Nets after being cut in February, I think, or March from the Phoenix Suns. That was a guy they wanted a couple years ago and tried to sign, but the Heat matched a restricted free agent offer for him. Could be a useful piece going forward. You get some time to kind of get him into your system right now, see if you want to have him be a fit, and it's not like you're spending a lot of money on these guys. For the Houston Rockets, they're also doing this. They just recently signed David Nwaba, and that could make some sense because they need some wings a little bit there too. So they've signed him and are going to treat it like an extended free agent period. It's not so much the players and what they mean to the teams right now, but what you can do with them in the future. Signing a guy now means you can trade him sooner. And so you are able to package these guys in the offseason, basically, and make a trade, maybe around the draft if you need to, if you need to add some salary into a deal or something like that. The Pelicans did this under Dell Demps famously a number of years ago. You remember Greg Steamsma on the team? If you do, I'm sorry. But they cut him with, what, like three, four games to go at the end of the season and then signed Melvin Eli. Eli was on an unguaranteed deal from next year. And the NBA's changed this, so you can't do it quite to this degree. But basically, guys who ha- would have like an unguaranteed $5 million deal, you could tr- put in a trade and it would count the total of the unguaranteed amount for salary purposes, so $5 million. But if you only if you had to cut the guy by a certain day, you could cut him, only end up paying a hundred thousand penalty basically to get rid of the dude, and then you'd have made the trade that you want to kind of make it work. So it was a way for teams to trade away an expensive player, bring in salary back, and then immediately shed that salary and not actually have to pay it. So it makes a lot of sense. The Pelicans then used Melvin Eli in the trade for Omer Ashik that brought him here. Um, which, okay, mixed mixed results there. Maybe not bad trade, bad free agent signing when he came up as an unrestricted free agent and the Pelicans signed him to a five-year deal, four, four-and-a-half-year deal, really. But that's how some teams might be using some of this, signing these guys and maybe it's a kind of a bloated salary for the second year and they're not usually signing them for the end of just this season, but going forward, you're able to potentially get a guy in, sign him for more that you can then use to, to make a trade and bring some more salary back potentially depending on how you do this. The Pelicans don't really have any roster spots. The the biggest question is going to be a guy like Darius Miller, and is he going to play this season or not? He's been working out. We've seen him say he's going to be close. We don't know just yet. And if he is not going to go, the Pelicans will have an open roster spot to sign someone to be able to um, – potentially take with them to Orlando or use in some other capacity. If they want to look to potentially waive a guy, you could do it to a player like Jaleel Okafor and sign someone else you really like. But if they were going to do that, they would have already done it by now. So I don't anticipate really anything getting done for New Orleans in this open transaction window. Also, sounds like J.J. Redick will be playing with the team that he's very excited about that. We kind of expected that, even though he was maybe like the guy most likely not to play, but it sounds like he will be there in Orlando with the team. So that's really cool too. So I don't expect much roster change for New Orleans, but there's some potential that maybe they want to get creative if someone gets waived or if there's an opportunity to go after a guy they feel very high on. I don't see it, but some other teams... Look at these guys they're citing. Let's see where they get moved potentially in like six months or so. I think that could be pretty interesting. 
So we'll wrap up talking about the all-time Pelicans team. I did one recently. Axios is running an all-time team uh, list right now, and the Pelicans did check into the bottom 10, kind of like we were expecting to see them, um, though they have a slight difference than what I was doing with it. But before we talk about that, today's show brought to you by rockauto.com. With an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible for chain stores to stock the part you need. So whether you're a do-it-yourselfer, maybe you're trying to save a little bit of money and do some of the car repairs yourself, they're not nearly as hard as you might think. Um, or if you're fixing up an older car like I'm doing right now, rockauto.com is basically an essential website for you to check out right now. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Yes, mechanic shops can get parts cheaper than you're actually able to usually, and then they upcharge you on all of that stuff. If you go to rockauto.com, com you're paying the same price that everyone else pays why spend up to twice as much for the same parts so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so that we know they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so wrapping up today's show, talking about all-time Pelicans roster, Axios, the newsletter I get every day and read like first thing in the morning when it comes to sports, is doing an all-time ranking the NBA's all-time rosters, coming in at number 26. So not last, we have the Pelicans. So they're doing it a little bit differently than I did. They're only going since 02. I at least put the Jazz in there, which gave us two extra players um, on the roster, Truck Robinson, and more importantly, Pistol Pete, which I think is kind of the big one there, and I wonder if you add Pistol Pete into this, how much does their opinion of it change? Um, but that's what I did. So their starting lineup is Baron Davis, Chris Paul, Drew Holiday. They were all on the team. I had Baron Davis on the bench, but I, I get it. And then they had Anthony Davis and Tyson Chandler as the other uh, two starters. That starting lineup is pretty good. I think Baron Davis and Chandler are your weak links there, obviously. And if you replace one with Pistol Pete, I think it changes a little bit. Sixth man is David West. Then they have Jamal Mashburn, P.J. Brown, Ryan Anderson, Jamal McGlore, Peja Stoyakovich, and David Wesley on the rest of the team. So it largely matches up with the roster that I had come up with as well. Um, Chris Paul, very good, obviously. And Anthony Davis, very good, though they never played together. Um, But... It's not a bad starting lineup. I just think that the bench is where things get a little bit kind of dicey. I think Jamal Mashburn as kind of that small forward, power forward stretch guy is a little bit different. You know, he averaged 21 and a half points. That's really good. But PJ Brown at 10 and 8 gets a little bit weak. Jamal McGlore at 12 and 10 still ish a little bit weak. David Wesley I liked. I just don't know if the longevity was totally there, though he averaged 15 points um, for the team and maybe just wasn't as well rounded as some of the other guys. So overall, you kind of like what um, was done with the with the team, but you can see why the NBA uh, doesn't or why this Pelicans roster isn't all the way up there as high as they could be. Um, just not the longevity that they need. Uh, so there you go. So chalking in at 26, a very similar roster to me. It sounds, you know, you could maybe argue that it should be a little bit higher, and I'm going to be curious to see the next two or three teams. And it's like, would the Pelicans be better than them? They easily might be. 
Um, but it also happens when you're one of the youngest teams in the NBA that you're not going to really have kind of that history in the players to kind of cycle through like a lot of the other teams are. So no real surprise that they're as low as they are on this. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, check out the Rejecting the Screen podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. They've got Mark Jackson, uh, color commentator and former Warriors coach, to give you some insight on his time with that team, which is certainly, certainly a thing. Um, so thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.